Hello, I'm Andrew from Aro Video in Wellington, New Zealand, and welcome to episode 8 of Back to the Disc Player, the Aro Video podcast. It's inspired by our Adopt-A-Movie scheme, which enables film lovers to purchase an exclusive, lifelong affiliation with a title in our library, or an acquisition that we may not have. It's where I get the privilege to talk to customers about their personal connection to the film or films they've chosen to adopt, and for us to find out a bit about them as well. For episode 8, I took the opportunity to venture out of Wellington for the first time on this podcast to meet with John Horrell at his fairly recently acquired country cottage in Martinborough, where holidaying guests get to enjoy not only a salubrious environment, but access to John's personal and extensive collection of DVDs. I can personally attest to it being a wonderful place to stay, and there's an opportunity for anyone who listens to this episode to win a weekend getaway at this movie cottage. If you can identify the code word I mention in the episode, or come up with a more movie-friendly name for the cottage, which is currently known as The Vicarage. The competition closes on December 31st of 2018, and I'll mention details about how to enter at the end of the episode. If you're listening past that date, my conversation with John goes to unexpected places and he has some wonderful insights and stories related to the movies, which are to one degree or another connected to his upbringing in South Africa. I hope you enjoy what was for me a fascinating conversation with my guest, John Horrell. Well, John, we're here at your quintessential Martinborough Villa, um, which I would describe as both immaculate and very cute. And I'd like to thank you for letting me stay last night. Um, everything was perfect. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Uh, it's my equivalent of the TripAdvisor review. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. You were telling me a little story before about, about TripAdvisor. I mean, this is just one of the perils of running a, um, uh, a, a uh, getaway. Yes. Um, you have to put up with, with feedback. And um, I just thought I'd let you, know, you tell listeners about... Well, that little story. 99% of the feedback is really positive, and most people are just wonderful. But unfortunately, it's the, the ones that aren't that tend to stick, and you refocus on it the whole time. Mm. And uh, there was one particular guest recently who was staying for four nights. And uh, so we decided we'd really get the place looking spick and span. It's generally really great, but uh, ultra so in this particular case. So my wife and I came up on the Sunday got the place absolutely perfect and we were pretty exhausted at the end of the day um went away and the guest arrived and stayed and we eagerly looked to see what what she had to say about the whole thing this was for four nights this was for four nights yes and um the booking.com review was 7.5 for cleanliness which we were mortified about because we'd only ever got (laughs) 10 out of 10 beforehand. Yeah. And there was some remark about there being something, uh, the, the, the mirror wasn't absolutely shiny clean. Yeah. And uh, we were just amazed. You know, there's so much to love in Martinborough. There's so much to love in this mm. particular cottage that somebody could allow something like that to yeah. actually disrupt or, or, or take away from the enjoyment of the, 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 the weekend yeah. was pretty mind-blowing. Absolutely. But anyway, we just have to, to live with that and yeah. accept that. So yeah. of the, the people that uh, leave feedback on websites like TripAdvisor, is, is, is it quite a common thing? Is it, or is it, yeah, what's, it what's is. What's the kind of so percentage, roughly, of people that would, would log in and, and give their remarks? about 75%. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. high. Yeah, it is yeah. high. Yeah. Um, and, and as I say, people are generally just so appreciative and, and love the place and love the yeah. experience. And people 
so enjoy Martinborough. Yeah. Um, and and so it's quite rewarding from that point of view. But uh, but as I say, it's just it's it's when you get the negative one that that yeah. sticks, and yeah. you've just got to get over it no, and just tough. get past it's it. It's tough. Yeah. It's not all glamour. No. <laughs> so what brought us here um, today is that you approached me some months ago about an idea that you had, and. Uh, and I'm always up for being bought a cup of coffee to yes. discuss ideas. Yes. And it turned out that I really liked the idea. So um, I thought, can you tell us what that idea was? Well, I acquired and have collected a really large DVD collection over time um, from various different sources. And my wife and I, who've always loved this particular area, decided we would try and buy a property here with in mind one day potentially retiring here. Mm. Um, and then the idea was to move the DVD collection here. Mm-hmm. And so guests who, who occupy the place sort of 95% of the time um, could, could enjoy a, a sort of magical DVD movie experience away from home with a huge range of, of movies to, to choose mm. from. So I've probably got about 2,000 movies in my collection, of which about 1,000 are here. Yeah. And, uh, and so it just seemed like, um, you know, it's, it's a cozy little place that people could just come in and sit down and just binge on movies mm. if they want to, mm-hmm. um, if the weather's bad or go out and enjoy the wine farms. Sure. And just having been associated um, with Arrow Video and um, <clears throat> having... Um, been a, a client of yours for for a long time. Mm. It just seemed I, I just really wanted um, to to see if there was some way of of organising a partnership because mm. um, it just seemed that there was a, a, yeah. a kind of connection there. No, I thought it was a great idea. Mm. So you're saying that the the collection you were looking for, so that somehow inspired the idea of buying a, a, a villa. That sort of came first as an idea. It wasn't that you wanted to buy the villa first and then thought, wouldn't it be a good idea to put in a DVD collection? To be honest, I don't know which came right, first. Okay. It was kind of concurrent, right. you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. it just all seemed to meld yeah. into into yeah. the single I mean, idea. I love the idea for many reasons. Well, uh, one was that I really like the fact that a private collection can then somehow open up to other people mm. to en- enjoy it. Mm. So that was really nice. I also really, really like Martinborough myself, which I vis- visit quite often. I don't often get to stay the night, but, you know, um, f- very often uh, we'll come over the hill. Um, yes. For those that don't know that are listening, it's uh, 80 kilometers uh, north of Wellington uh, in the Wairarapa. So it's a, a lovely laid back uh it has um, uh, the kind of best of both worlds, doesn't it? It's, it does. It, it gives. It has a certain sort of urban culture that's actually um, prevalent here, but a, a relaxed uh, country lifestyle. Um, and uh, and and just an hour and a quarter over the hill. It's just so quick, and you do feel like you're out in the, the countryside. But as mm. you say, there are great restaurants and great coffee shops and so on where. Uh, you know, you can get, get good food and good wine. Yeah. So popular yeah. getaway for a lot of people. Indeed. We also have uh, quite a few Martinborough customers and um, and some of them we see in the store and, and some of them are on, on our home delivery service. So I thought right. there's a real connection there when you, um, when you mentioned the idea to me. Uh, so I thought, yeah, that's a, that's a really, really cool thing to do. And... Um, and I was, yeah, I thought, and also the timing was wonderful because I thought this, 
this would make an interesting podcast story. Right, uh, yes. So it checked quite a few boxes. And I was also, I'm very interested in people's collections and what they say about the person. Uh, so there's a, there was a part of me that just wanted to kind of um, come up here and, uh, and you know, the, and uh, have my curiosity... Well, I was intrigued uh, to hear yeah. what you... I waited with bated breath to see what you had to say, to sure. say afterwards. Yeah. And uh, it was great because um, with your movie knowledge, you identified certain certain gaps in the collection, yeah. which uh, together we've hopefully yeah. tried to address to some extent. Yeah. So to explain that a little bit more, um, I... Uh, I, I described your collection as a gentlemanly one. Yes, uh, yes. And that means that it's mostly comprised of art house fair and classics. Mm. And uh, mm. um, there's... Uh, so it was no wonder you've been a long-time customer of ours. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Definitely meshed, you know, in terms of our uh, particular uh, curation. Um, but I guess um, the other hat that I had to put on was as a guest... And, uh, and the environment which we have here and which movies would be suitable, you know, to pluck off the shelf and put into the disc player. Mm. Um, and I felt that there was uh, perhaps not quite enough films for women mm. uh, as a general rule. Right. Uh, so I thought that that was a gap that uh, um, could be... Uh, could be worked on, but also it made sense because this is not, you did not curate this collection for anybody except yourself. That's right. Uh, and so you're repurposing it for this uh, this purpose. Exactly. A great purpose. Yeah. Um, so also the fact a collection is a living, breathing thing mm. and it's changing mm. uh, and, and evolving. Mm. So that makes it fun for me to kind of have a little bit of a hand in. Yes. Um, and, and we have... Uh, you know, we constantly have a collection that is revolving and uh, there's discs coming to and from our counter all the time. So and that made an interesting project on the side. Exactly, yeah. And th there's something wonderful for me uh, that, that also is what we both have in common is the sort of tactile experience of, of picking up DVDs and, and looking at the back covers and, and so on. Hmm. And I think there's something hugely exciting about that. Um, I mean, at, at your shop, just being able to, to go in and to, to um, physically go through the DVDs, I infinitely prefer that to, to sort of flicking through an online collection. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I think people can do the same here. And yeah. there's, something, there's something wonderful about that that, yeah. uh, that uh, is, uh, don't want to lose. Yeah. It's basically. beautiful clutter. Yeah, it is beautiful clutter. Yeah, my wife might, might yeah. not agree to the same extent, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that that is a, another unique angle. So you come to this villa to stay, um, and um, the browsing is part of the fun, mm. um, and it is a, it is a different experience to to browsing online. But certainly, the idea of getting have, coming to a getaway and then being able to uh, yeah flick through you know, um, an infinite number of choices online is certainly available to most people. Yes. So they are used to having a, a, a huge amount of choice. Mm. So the choice itself is not the unique thing, is no, it? No, no. It, it is the uh, the interaction and the bit of history uh, that is not only in the films themselves, but um, in the format. And and I guess there, there is, as you mentioned earlier, there's something about uh, a personality behind the connection. It's not a kind of generic um, 
collection that aims to appeal to absolutely everyone. And and certainly this collection, I think, would, would definitely um, lean towards people who have a more serious interest in, in DVDs. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's that's quite nice as well, because there's a particular niche of, of people who would be interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. However, anybody that stay, stayed here uh, would have plenty to choose from. They would. So there's no um, issues there. No. Um, but... Um, there is, uh, I guess, another thing that characterises a collection is not not just what is in the collection, but what is not in the collection. And I did observe there was very little science fiction, which makes you quite unique on this podcast uh, so far. Yes, I've, I note that. I note that. <laughs> and uh, very little horror. Uh, the only one I can actually recall have, uh, seeing is William Friedkin's The Exorcist. So you were com- completely going from the auteur angle there. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, tell us about your, your your taste in general and what you don't like as much as what you do like. Like how? Well, I I, I tend to uh, I'm I'm an English teacher by trade, mm. and drama tends to be the my 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 preferred genre. Yeah. So I definitely lean towards that, and yeah. and through watching film, I've been able to refine a little bit more uh, clearly what it is exactly I I, I do enjoy. And character-driven drama mm. is what I love. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, I know I, I, I can get myself into all sorts of trouble not liking science fiction, and there are all sorts of people who give me a really hard time and tell me that I'm yeah. too close-minded as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, and and I probably am, but it just doesn't appeal. Mm. Um, and maybe would I don't know whether it would be fair to say it's it's primarily idea-driven. Yeah. And uh, more than people driven, mm. and that's why I probably veer towards uh, drama itself. Mm. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I and 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 um, I, I'm probably too much of a coward to watch horror. <laughs> I I thought you were going to say film snob then, but no, no, coward. no, okay, coward. Sure. Yeah, okay, you're so a bit squeamish. I, I'm a bit squeamish, so yeah. I don't do drama very well. I, I don't do horror very well. I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that probably takes care of that genre. Yeah, yeah. but you're you don't flinch from psychodrama though. I I I can deal with that but it's not my preferred it's not my preferred option mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i i i really like movies it's it's an interesting i find it fascinating what actually appeals to people in movies and what constitutes a good film because mm. it it i find it really interesting that critics i try and find critics who i really respect and who agree with me or, or i agree with them to 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 some extent just to get some kind of guidance and Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian would certainly be one. Sure. And Roger Ebert previously would have would have been somebody else too. But mm. sometimes, and I, I can find that I largely concur with their conclusions. But there's certain movies in which I'll totally disagree with them. And it's and and I wonder why. Why yeah. is it that that um, it's, it's something appeals to somebody and not to somebody else? Mm. And and they might be two movie critics who are equally knowledgeable knowledgeable about film, um, and and so I think it is. I, I definitely um, I, I remember reading a, a review by Ebert about um, uh, what's the child childhood what uh, Linklater movie 
um, uh, boyhood. Boyhood, sorry, mm. about boyhood. And he said he said how he absolutely loved that film because it it appealed to him so entirely based on his own experiences. So he he believed that uh, he could see his own childhood in that in that film, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think there's definitely a, a, a very there's a personal aspect to me um, that isn't always cerebral that mm. allows us to to connect to a particular film, mm. and and so for me yeah there's definitely an emotional a kind of emotional attachment to mm. to particular films. Mm. Sure. Um, when you were saying about uh, Peter Bradshaw, I, I, I suddenly thought there was, uh, you, know, you know, when you largely agree with that person, but then sometimes they will just throw a spanner in the works and you'll think, what the hell were they thinking? I yes. can think of a specific uh, example in relation to Peter Bradshaw, I'm pretty sure it was. And uh, it was in a, at a film festival, I think, four or five years ago. And I saw a film that he gave one star to that I loved and, what was that? and, and, uh, and that was a film called the young and prodigious T.S. Spivet. Oh, right. It was a Jean-Pierre Jeunet film. Right. Um, if I got the name right. Um, and, uh, it was a, uh, an, Amer- an English language film set in America. And I think maybe I just went along, I got a free ticket to it and I went along mm. begrudgingly, mm. but I'd read this one star review and expected mm. it to be awful Yes, and came away and really impressed. Like, really? Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, as it happened in the same festival, I saw a film that he awarded five stars and I thought was pitiful. Um, and that was um, the Darden Brothers, Two Days, One Night. Okay. Uh, have you seen that film? I haven't seen no, it, okay. no. And it largely got good reviews, but it was just a really didactic drama about a woman that had lost her job in a, in a factory, or, or it, it was, uh, you know, an, uh, an, an allegory for, you know, the economic downturn. Yes. And, uh, and her... Um, uh, the company having to downsize and they had to choose one person who would lose their job. Right. And she, and the whole film was her just visiting each of her, uh, colleagues at work, uh, trying to convince them that she should keep her job. Now that's maybe potentially interesting, but it, I just found it really it, on the nose. It does and, sound Yeah, it, 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 you know, to me, it wasn't drama. It was, it was, um, you know, it's supposed to be realism, and I, and I love some of the Dardenne brothers films. So don't get me wrong. Mm. It was just a um, a situation where I just thought, I'm, I feel like I'm at a um, at a lecture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, uh, uh, There's yeah. nothing worse. So yeah, for me, it was just um, dull. Could Could you? Ascertain why it was that you disagreed with his critique. Well, it's a while ago, so I can't quite remember. Yeah. I'm just really um, off the top of my head. Because that's, that's what I find so fascinating, is just, yeah, yeah. how it is that somebody yeah. that one can generally agree with would have such different views on a particular yeah. film. So it does mm. happen. And, and, and that's mm. not to say that you can't align your tastes with someone else pretty closely. Yes. But then I will, you know, there are quite a few customers of mine, I guess, who trust my taste, mm. you know, in particular, because they've had um, enjoyed films I've recommended. I and would then be I, one. And, and then I've made a few doozies <laughs> where, where I've uh, really put, really got it wrong and, uh, and had to suffer the, the uh, uh, you know, the, the shame of it for, 
for sometimes months. It's it's a tough one. I, I don't envy you because I find I'm really poor at at determining what others might enjoy. Right. So it's a real art. Yeah, maybe not quite an art, but I, okay, I it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, so that uh, so I guess as a guest at uh, the villa here, um, the part of me that um, operates like that and. Uh, at the video store is, is is thinking about the experience of the customer mm-hmm. and when they're looking at your collection what is it uh, that will make them settle on one particular film and not another mm-hmm. and so that's that's an interesting uh, idea it's kind of, and this is a unique uh, environment it's uh, so films that I would um, not necessarily want to watch uh, in my in my home life, you know, yes. I would be yeah. quite happy to watch in the context of a holiday. Mm. Uh, often because I have to please other people. Right. You know, if I'm just by myself, I would happily watch almost anything on the shelf. Yes. Um, I would mostly gravitate to things I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, but um, compromises. So need so to compromise be made. is always part of it uh, on a holiday situation, mm-hmm. and so. I, that's why I mentioned the, the films more suitable for women or for if women as a group were staying in a place like this, that yes. they would be able to enjoy certain films I know women do enjoy watching together mm. Um, mm. As, a, as a general rule. Right, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, and I had my, my wife and daughter here last night and, uh, you know, and what we watched, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you and maybe I won't tell you, but <laughs> it was based on a compromise uh, on on uh, yes right <laughs> on what my daughter would perhaps like in particular yeah, yeah. so um, let's just say we we watch most of Fatal Attraction <laughs> <laughs> all right and to make you be, feel better it has been watched fairly recently prior to your watching so um, yes. yeah 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 mm. um, also uh, involving my daughter oh is yeah. that right uh, yeah, yeah sure okay well we won't discuss uh, too much more about that uh, for. As I say, reasons I won't go into. But anyway, um, that was the kind of schlock, you know, well-produced schlock that's fun to watch yes. in a holiday environment. That, that's right. You know. And sometimes you don't yeah. want anything too heavy. No, that's or, right. Yeah. So on the contrary, you know, one of the things that I normally do on the podcast is, uh, you know, um, your requirement to be on this, John, is to adopt a movie oh. in the Arrow Video Library, and you've chosen one. Um, and you couldn't get further uh, away from the kind of movie that you would generally watch on holiday with no, your choice. No, would you like to tell no. listeners what you've chosen to adopt? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the Michael Haneke movie, White Ribbon. And for me, unequivocally, it's the best movie I've ever watched. And I think that there's, uh, as I talked about, there's a, a certain emotional um, reaction that, that I had watching it. And I think intellectually, it's a, 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 an extremely interesting movie. Yeah. Um, have you seen it more than once? Many, many times. Yeah, sure. I, I have yeah, watched I, it a lot. I've seen yeah. it once. So have my, you? My, uh, as I say, I intended on watching a Michael Haneke movie last night, but it wasn't to be for the reasons aforementioned. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. just, uh, so Michael Haneke, um, he's a 76-year-old Austrian director, for those that don't uh, know, critically lauded and a very distinctive voice in modern cinema. Um, 
He's made films in his native German, but also known for his French films, uh, The Piano Teacher um, and Hidden. Yes. Uh, and also Amour, which won a Palme d'Or, as well as The White Ribbon. So he's won two, two. Palme d'Ors at Cannes. So yes. a darling of Cannes. Um, he... Uh, it's fair to say, as a practitioner of fiercely intelligent but brutal cinema, some detractors might call him cynical or even sadistic. Um, what's your? How do you kind of process Michael's work uh, in general? And it's it's really interesting. This be- is why I asked you about psychodrama before. Yes. You're saying you're squeamish for horror, but Michael Haneke's work, a lot of it is. It Horrific. is. It is. And yet he depicts very little violence. So so almost all of the violence in his movies is implied rather than, than um, shown directly. And so <clears throat> so the violence takes place at the level of idea almost. Um, and while while he is potentially cynical and very harsh and very hard hitting, he's also capable of the most incredibly beautiful tender moments Mm. and there's one such scene in white ribbon where a young boy is talking to his sister and his father's away at at hospital he's just had an accident and they the the, the little boy asks about death Mm -hmm. and he must be about four or five years old and his sister talks to him about death and doesn't quite understand or realize where this conversation is going to lead Mm. And um, he asks a number of questions, and and it's this, it's it's really the end of his innocence, where um, and it's just so beautifully filmed and and acted, where he suddenly realizes that his mother hasn't gone away on a long trip, that she's actually dead, mm. and and his he he now understands his own mortality. And and that of humankind, mm. and and it's a, an incredibly tender moment. Mm. And Amour, they also, it's, mm. I mean, that some of the it's 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 hard hitting and it's difficult mm. as somebody getting older to to watch in many ways. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's some beautiful tender moments too. So mm. he's not. Um, I don't think Hanukkah can be pigeonholed in any way yeah. whatsoever. Mm. And what what I particularly like about him, he talks about the the. Um, the barrel gun approach of of Hollywood movies, yeah. and until I read that quote and I read it a little bit around it, I hadn't re- thought too much about it. Mm. And there's a, a certain morality that that is crystal clear that emerges from the vast majority of of Hollywood movies, and it's a morality we can all uphold and understand. And basically, I think we we agree with it. But it doesn't allow much room for negotiation or discussion, yeah. mm. and and it doesn't force us really. It's it's a it's a, um, a kind of optimistic morality that's often not based on on mm. real circumstances, sure. and so we feel good when the good mm. good guys win. Mm. But I think with Hanukkah, what he does is he explores that morality, and and he doesn't come to any definite conclusions. And he doesn't expect us to feel a particular way at the end mm. of the film. Mm. And even at the end of White Ribbon, there's, there's definitely some ambiguity for, for those who haven't seen it. It's essentially a kind of whodunit, mm. but um, as a result of a series of little incidents that happen in a, a, a German town. And, uh, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to give uh, too much away, but, but mm. clearly there's, there's room for... 
alternate uh, yeah. conclusions yeah. in in this yeah. particular or, form. or readings even exactly yeah. exactly in fact I, I um, he's quoted as saying that films uh, should offer viewers more space for imagination and self-reflection and mm. films that have too much detail and moral clarity are used for mindless consumption by their viewers exactly which is exactly. not to say that there's not a place for mindless consumption that's know, and um, that's and this is a good place for mindless consumption where, <laughs> exactly. where, where we sit right now exactly and the opposite but therein <laughs> lies a paradox is what i'm trying to say uh john <laughs> but uh no yeah i mean that's that's a really interesting um take on hanukkah which is yeah, yeah absolutely right i remember feeling a bit frustrated by his excellent movie uh hidden the french one with mm -hmm. juliette binoche and um also known as uh Cache, Cache, uh, yeah. that's right. Uh, I don't know. Um, and there's that, that end shot, which is, lasts about three or four minutes. Um, and uh, do, you, do you remember that shot where it's kind of a, um, a wide shot outside some kind of uh, institution yes, where I people do. are kind, kind of walking in yeah. and out? Yeah. And you're kind of searching for the protagonist or somebody that you recognize exactly and they never nothing appear. happens yeah <laughs> that's right yeah so you're kind of um uh the three or four minutes feels like 10 minutes <laughs> yes yes yeah <laughs> and there's something slightly uh and it's bold and it's admirable but it's slightly sort of uh um anticlimactic and uh, sucks your energy mm. so by the time you leave the theater yes. you're kind of like WTF? <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, it was, you know, an excellent film. Yes. Uh, yeah. But it just left that sort of like... And, and Hanukkah is, uh, is certainly not, um, a, 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 in my view, a faultless director. Um, uh, Funny Games, mm. I think, is for me one of the worst movies I've right. ever seen yeah, in my that, life that, before. He really dives into horror territory in that film. He know? does. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah. And I don't think he does it particularly yeah. successfully either. It's pretty blunt. Mm. Yeah. I mean, mm. I think that as an exploitation film, it's very effective. Um, but, you know, it's what it's trying to say is not, um, is actually quite murky. Yes. And not in a... Um, a beautifully um, ambiguous way in the way that you've just described. <laughs> no, yeah. no. So, but very interesting. Um, you know, he's very brave director. Very, he is a brave uh, and, director. Um, and, and an important voice, you know. And uh, Benny's video is another that I, I really rate highly. I think that's right. an excellent film. I actually wanted to watch Benny's video because I've seen, I counted, I've seen eight of the 12 feature films that he's made. Have you? And I haven't mm. seen Benny's video. Um, That's something I, to look forward to. Yeah. Mm. So uh, again, it wasn't to be. No. 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 It was. It was Glenn Close <laughs> with her bad perm. It isn't an awful perm, isn't it? It's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, you know. I, also, ju just going back to White Ribbon, <clears throat> um, ostensibly what the the whole film is about. Um, which is Nazi, um, the, the rise of, of Nazi Germany, is not actually discussed at all throughout the entire film. Right. And so, so it must mm. be rather unique in that mm. in the entire message actually is not, is not even discussed at one no. single point in, no, in the I, film. No, I remember that. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that does give it a... Um... Uh, yeah, a universality, but also a. Uh, it's not 
finger pointing specifically no. and i think that's the thing about nazi cinema in general is that uh, we're, we're quick to make nazis the um uh, the enemy or, or the, the bad guys you yeah. know there's a whole genre of nazi zombie movies for example mm. and it's just because people can kind of take glee in seeing bad people uh being being murdered or dismembered you exactly know, it, gives, it gives an excuse for sadism yeah so i think that there's something interesting about that idea of removing the nazi name out of the equation mm. and then it somehow it means we're all complicit in our prejudices exactly. and in our um, instincts. Whereas another director might have, the, the morality of the situation might have been crystal clear and and the others, the mm. bad guys, would be very mm. distant from ourselves. Mm. Whereas I think he's suggesting, well, what, what would we, you know, what yeah. would we have done under yeah. those particular circumstances yeah. and so on? And as a um, erstwhile South African, you know, that's mm. that's really pertinent as well. You know, mm. when you look at the whole apartheid thing and so on. Yeah. And and um, and the roots of apartheid and the roots of of fascism generally around the world. Mm. And I, and I, I was reading up something that Hanukkah said about it, and exactly as you've said, that's what one of the things he wanted to achieve is a universality. That, that could be applied to different circumstances in different different countries and so on, although he had a, a specific place in mind, no of course. doubt. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah. So that, uh, that, that, that South Africa that you mentioned that I was going to, to bring up, I'm sure yes. people can uh, identify I that think you they are probably uh, uh, will not, have at not, this point. not from Wellington. Yes. Um, you are, in fact, my second or actually third uh, South African guest on the podcast wow. um, after only uh, eight episodes. So um, although uh, Nina and Anton, who runs the Sci-Fi Bar, mm-hmm. um, they were both on the same podcast episode. So uh, that was that was interesting because there aren't a huge number of South Africans in New Zealand. Um, um, they, they're a fairly large number. They tend to be uh, concentrated in particular areas, yeah, a lot yeah, in the yeah. north shore of Auckland. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, a fair, fair yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, before I ask you what brought you to, to New Zealand or, or Wellington, I um, just in relation to what you mentioned and, uh, with, with Hanukkah and apartheid, um, I noticed also in your collection there were uh, films that were specifically rela- related to uh, the Holocaust mm. and uh, and uh, other uh, similar uh, you know thematic right. uh, films. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that is a personal interest of yours. I mean, I the, the Holocaust I find um, deeply deeply fascinating in terms of trying to to understand quite quite what goes on within human nature mm. um and and uh, i i have way back german ancestry myself mm. and and so it's just it's it's just trying to to understand mm. even get some glimpse of understanding as to mm. how something so horrific could happen yeah um and uh, so, so yes, there's a there's a deep fascination. Mm. Um, I, I was going to, you know, looking at somebody's film, personal film collection, you can tell a lot about them. Yes. I think I might have mentioned. And so, when I noticed some of those titles coming coming through um, uh, as a as a subgenre, I right. thought, oh, is John Jewish? 
that was uh, you know because there is a um, my experience of dealing with film for thirty years. Mm. Um, I know there is a a lot of people that are interested in that particular subgenre are Jewish. Mm. So mm. there's a kind of a um, and that's always been an um, a curious or fascinating thing. Yeah, uh, you're not and Jewish. I'm. I'm. I've got some v- a very distant Jewish. Um, yeah. Ancestors. Yeah. So, so yeah. some of my ancestors um, are were, were called Solomon, um, yeah. and settled in South Africa. Yeah. But um, are there many South African Jews, by the way? A lot. There are a lot okay. of South African Jews. So, so I think after World War Two, um, a lot of Jews emigrated to South Africa, and there's a real thriving community right. there. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, so no, um, not not directly, but some distant yeah. connection. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but uh, but you've got similar film taste. Yes, most definitely <laughs> to, to to those people I'm referring to. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So I noticed uh, just one film that's on your um, on your shelf in that uh, in that genre um, is, is Son of Saul. You know, yes. you were talking about how Funny Games was a horror film by Haneke that mm. you detested uh, or found just repellent and uh, and I and that is a film that is just if I could think of one film that is like a living nightmare it's mm. Son of Saul yeah I'd I agree mean, with you I mean I uh, I think that it's I mean it's an amazing film and a very uh, you know it's a it's a great film but I never want to see it again I never want to uh, it's not that I wouldn't have it on my shelf but it's just so visceral and so uh effective in putting somebody that has not not been didn't grow up in world war Two, was not jewish was not subjected to any of those horrific things but to put a, uh, to make it a very first-hand experience for the viewer of what it was like to be enslaved in a jewish concentration camp and and I think from a from a film perspective, I find it such an interesting movie because um, the brutality is the backdrop. You know, it's, it's it's so often the acts of brutality are the central focus. But 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 for me, I, I find it similarly disturbing. And I don't know whether I could watch it again, to be honest. Yeah. But just this this constant backdrop of the most awful, horrific scenes possible, and these sort of mundane actions of people going about their business in mm. the foreground mm. um a, a pretty unique experiment yeah. in filmmaking yeah, but true. but too too disturbing yeah mm. yeah yeah, mm. yeah certainly worth mentioning yeah 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 <laughs> um and worth seeing yeah for somebody as you say a, f- a formal experiment and i think that yeah it works very much from that point of view um but holiday viewing it is not. No, yeah. it is not. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is not. No. So, John, you South Africa. Which part of South Africa are you from? From Johannesburg. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But studied in Cape Town at University of yeah. Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how long have you been in New Zealand? For about twenty years now. Yeah. So it's a long while. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're well settled and here. And you immigrated uh, to Wellington. No, I settled up in Whangarei first of all, okay. and um, I taught up there for a number of years. Yeah. Um, and then my wife's in IT, so mm-hmm. she needed a bigger centre. Yep. And she's um, also from South Africa. She's um, indirectly. She's been all over the world. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I uh, and I wanted to start my own business in education, so I needed a bigger centre. Mm-hmm. And we just we looked at a number of different places and just really loved Wellington. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. it's I been would. a good fit. You've been an Aro video customer for that long. Yes, I have. Pretty I much. Certainly have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just the most amazing find for me because oh. having an interest in, in art house and, and slightly different movies and so on, mm. it was just. Uh, just uh, and I happened upon your store. Um, mm. Just uh, I think I went to the coffee shop across the road, yeah. and it was uh, like finding this gold mine. It was a very exciting experience for me. Yeah, cool. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, now um, we were also I asked you in prep for this to to think about a, a few movies uh, that you would recommend that uh, that people. Uh, might want to watch at the villa um, and I had some ideas myself um, but you, you come to me and said well actually there's a few I just want to talk about uh, yes. that, uh, that um, uh, you know would be worth um, that's a part of your story yes. and um, so perhaps we could talk about some of those um, you've, did you enjoy just uh, having a think about that and I did. making a little list I did it was yeah. wonderful it's yeah, yeah. Re- it's it sort of self-indulgent but with a purpose I oh, felt yeah. like I you know I yeah. could justify why I was doing this good so so one of one of um, a, a really interesting um, story behind the movie Cry Freedom the Richard Attenborough movie um, is that uh, it was when when it was first released, um, it was banned in South Africa. Yeah. And then we heard on the news that there was the possibility that it would be shown, and I remember being really surprised by that because I thought there was no ways that that they would ever show it. Mm. Um, anyway, there was toing and froing, and eventually they decided that it would be it, it may be shown. I woke up one morning, I was a school teacher, I was on holiday, mm. and I heard that it would be shown that morning at the first viewing. Mm. And I didn't trust the fact that it would stay on the circuit for long. Mm. So I got up out of bed, went straight to the movie theater, just on my own, yeah. and was watching this movie. And there was a particular scene that I think was um, uh, to, uh, in, set in Soweto. And policemen in their blue uniforms and so on were storming in into to Soweto. And um, the, the inhabitants were fleeing. And during this particular scene, the movie just shut down. It did the kind of mm. thing. The lights went on. And these blue uniformed policemen filed in both sides of the cinema, surrounded us, and told us to leave immediately. Wow. And it was the most surreal experience. You know, just it, it was like um, life imitating art. Yeah, you know, it yeah, was yeah. this is we, this was on the screen, and yeah. now it was right in front wow. of us. And you know, I, I think um, it's not something that white South Africans experienced a, a lot of. You know, it would have yeah. been um, yeah. pretty common to to black South How Africans. How far into the movie was it? Probably about halfway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember being really shaken by it because it was, was I mean, there were many more policemen than were required. You know, there were probably about 20. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was an aggressive act of Mm. of, of closing it down. Mm. So that was always, that was always interesting. And um, yeah. The, the, uh, disappointingly, when I got to watch the rest of the movie at a later yeah. point, I was yeah. quite disappointed yeah, in the movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, mm. it, yeah, um, it, yeah, it was, uh, I thought, sort of one of those white savior movies again, where yeah. Donald Woods played an right. inordinately big part in yeah. um, where's, you know, it's not what Steve Biko was about blacks doing it for themselves. Yeah. And I don't think the movie was true to that. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Mm. Well, that's, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Mm. 
So that's, um, I'm not sure when Cry Freedom was, but I guess it's late 80s. It Isn't would have been later yeah. 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so that, um, so it was somehow allowed to be shown, but was, was that an illegal screening? Or no, was it wasn't an illegal. It, it was, it, I, I think the government was so conflicted whether right. to let it go or I not, because right. not showing okay. it was causing right. an international kind of right. outcry yes, 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 yes. and showing it yeah. was, was dangerous as far yeah. as they were concerned. Yeah. So I just think, I think probably different people, different levels mm. of authority competing mm. and, mm. Uh, mm. and eventually it was banned. So was it, yeah. would it, um, an incident like that, I mean, were you thinking about leaving South Africa because of incidences like that? Uh, what, uh, was there a, um, a period, you know, you moved out here in say 1999, mm. uh, around, around then, what was the, um, had you sort of thought about leaving earlier, or how did it? Kind yes of... and no. It's 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 a it's a really difficult hmm. um, issue for me because um, I, I, I I can be regarded as highly hypocritical because mm. I strongly believed that a black government should come to power, mm. and then when it did, I left. Yeah, and that's severely problematic. Yeah. But at the time, so so I, the, the whole transition was just just remarkable and just so filled with hope and optimism. Mm. And uh, then in the post uh, sort of apartheid years, just I, I was dean of a residence, and there were a mm. lot of really serious sort of acts of criminality, sure. and and uh, yeah. and there were two or three situations in which I really felt my life was in danger. Yeah. And um, and at that stage we just had our first son, yeah. and so it was it was uh, um, mm. it was really it was the crime that that mm. made us or, or encouraged us to leave. Yeah. But it was okay. with a heavy heart because yeah, um, I do love the country a great yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, Have and you been back in the twenty years? Yes. Yeah. 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 And you know the the. It, there's a lot that's problematic and there's a lot that's just wonderful. It's yeah. a very vibrant place mm. and so on. And um, so it's, it's uh, and I, I so hope it emerges as a, mm. as a, um, mm. a success story because it's a pretty remarkable yeah, country. Cool. Mm. Cool, cool. Mm. What was another movie on your list? So I'm just thinking, they're a couple that I've got here. Mm. Um, I just, in terms of feel-good people coming away for the weekend, Invictus. Invictus, right. Yes. Um, I am not still a, close to home. Still close to home. So these are all close to home things, movies right. that have impacted on yeah. me. I've never seen Invictus. Haven't I'm, you? I'm not a big rugby person, but I would quite happily watch Invictus uh, here. Yes. Um, and um, it's the kind of thing that I, yeah, just... I, I, you know, I know it's probably manipulative. Uh, you know, underdog triumphs. All of the uh, above. all of all of the above. You know, just the kind of stuff that I generally can't stand, yes. but am a sucker for every now and then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's that's you. You've got, you've got it to a T. Um, I'm not a Clint Eastwood fan personally. Mm. But um, and and it's a very simply told tale, mm. but it's such a wonderful tale. Yeah. And why it's important to me was because um, at the day before the 1995 World Cup, I uh, managed to get some tickets, or my family managed to get some tickets from some disgruntled English supporters whose uh, team got knocked out early on, mm. and went along to the game. 
And it it was one of the most remarkable days of my entire life. Um, it was the one and only time I saw Mandela. Yeah. But um, it was just so incredibly moving yeah. and um, at one stage we did, uh, Mandela came onto the pitch with a South African rugby jersey and this largely still white mm-hmm. um, crowd yeah. just chanting Mandela, yeah, Mandela yeah, yeah. Or Nelson, Nelson yeah. and so on and it was just so incredibly moving yeah. and, and I think that Clint Eastwood to his credit it's um, Matt Damon I think is yes, the lead role yes. Yeah. And he does the South African accent. Not, yeah, he's, yeah. he's fairly Convincing. passable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's just is it is a very good feel good movie. Cool. Um, and 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 it was an incredibly feel good moment mm. in South Africa. Mm. So I always maintain it was um, the most important game for New Zealand to lose. Yeah. And they were New Zealand was poisoned, and yeah. I accept that. Yeah. But I'm, <laughs> but I am so glad uh, South Africa won because yeah. it did so much oh, to unite the nation. It for me. <laughs> <laughs> you were going, I got in there before yeah, you. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's, I mean, yeah, just the idea of um, Clint Eastwood making a film about rugby in itself is pretty intriguing. Pretty remarkable. I don't know yeah. why I snubbed that one, um, but uh, I look forward to watching that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just a, just a yeah. feel-good movie. Actually, I do have a little bit of rugby in my blood. I have to confess that, uh, to going back to the South African connection in particular, so I, I did follow sports when I was a young, you know, child, yeah. and uh, and I followed the All Blacks uh, on their tours, you know, on the television. And I, I remember collecting um, during the South African tour of nineteen seventy six. Right. Uh, I um, collected all of the stickers uh, from I think Weetbix uh, packets. Really. And you yeah. you had a, a, gl- a glossy folder yeah. that they you had to kind of insert the stickers into. Yes. And yes. they were cartoon figures uh-huh. of the all black team, kind of caricatures. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, with people like Sid going and Grant Batty, Andy Leslie. Uh, yeah, that that kind of uh, yeah. era. So uh, and I was so I followed uh, that South controversial South African tour yes. you know, as a ten year old or something like that, um, you know, um, very um, passionately. Well, here we were yeah. opposite. Because I made a scrapbook of that same tour, <laughs> cutting newspaper cuttings and so yeah, on. Yeah, 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 so sure. opposite ends of the yeah, world, yeah, yeah, we were doing yeah, similar yeah. things. So it was very much a pre nineteen eighty one. Yes, uh, you know the the, uh, the watershed. Uh, tour, you know, of of New Zealand by South Africa, where That's right. everything changed. Yeah, so yeah. fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Good. Anything else? Uh, yeah, you well, want to mention? Well, Sugarman, um, right. searching for Sugarman, um, <laughs> yeah. which which I just loved. I thought it was right. the most amazing documentary. Yeah. And and again, I felt a, a real personal connection because yeah. um, the it was my era entirely. Mm. And so, Rodriguez, we listen to the whole time. Mm. Um, at some point in the movie, they talk about the fact how everybody in South Africa had a, a sort of two or three albums in their collection. Mm. One was Simon and Garfunkel, one was the Beatles, yeah. and one was yeah. Rodriguez. You didn't have Frampton Comes Alive. No, no, I'm afraid <laughs> not. No. So, so and, and uh, you know, th- that's exactly what we had in our collection. Yeah. And all of the rumors that they discuss are rumors that I was, uh, I'd heard and subject yeah. to. Yeah. And so we loved this guy. And then yeah. one day somebody told me, do you know that he 
burnt himself alive yeah. at, at a concert. Mm. And I was, you mm. know, really shocked about this all. Um, and, and that's what I lived with, this, yeah. this piece of knowledge. And I won't give anything away. But um, I just think he's the most remarkable human being and the most remarkable musician. And I think that the way um, his story was revealed Mm. in the documentary Mm. was superb filmmaking. Yes, it was a nice fairy tale. Yes, yes. Yeah, why do you say fairy tale? It's very endearing, but I do have a problem with that that movie from a narrative point of view, simply because as a New Zealander, going back to my experience of Rodriguez as a, a young person, uh, you know, he was very popular in New Zealand. Not as popular as really? in, in South Africa, as you've That's just described. Certainly, Cold Fact was not mandatory uh, in, in every record collection. Yes. But it was really popular. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, so that was my problem with that movie, oh, okay. was that it cut out conveniently the New Zealand-Australian oh. uh, um, success of right. Rodriguez. And uh, they do allude to it a little bit. Uh, they mention the Australian concert, but it's out of time. They conveniently put it later. Oh, um, okay. So, so that, that just sort of annoyed me. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, why let the truth get in the way of a nice <laughs> a good story? story. Yeah. And it is a, and nice, it is story. a nice story. It yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. Now, another subject, we, we'll wrap it up shortly, um, is uh, this, going back to this place where we sit. And um, it's, it's currently known as the Vicarage. And it was built in the 1890s as an Anglican vicarage in Whanganui uh, and actually moved to the site in 2001 because I know this because there's a placard in your hallway that tells me so. Uh, uh. Um, And weirdly enough, it was moved right next door to a church. Uh, so it kind of maintained itself as a vicarage, yes. although not as a practicing vicarage. No, no. Because that church is, a, is no longer a church? Or I what's think the, it is, but, yeah. but it's certainly not, um, it's not used a lot, but I yeah. think that it is used on, on yeah. particular occasions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. So one of the things that we've talked about in our previous meetings um, about Aro's affiliation with uh, this place. I call yes. it this place. It's <laughs> because you were looking at the possibility of um, of, of rebranding it um, and uh, because of the movie connection and somehow, and I thought, that well, there's an intriguing uh, topic and I'm always, uh, I, I like... Uh, helping out people make up names or, or brand things. It's kind of a little yeah. little thing I have. Yeah. And so I came up with a few suggestions for you, um, which have been a little controversial in your family. They have. It has to be said. They have. So I thought we'd um, kind of take up that conversation um, at this part in our uh, episode. Yes. Um, so it's currently called The Vicarage. Yes. And my only problem with... That name, as I've said to you, was that you could have sort of movies at the vicarage or somehow we have to kind of like smash together the idea of movies mm-hmm. and um, this uh, this piece of history yes. to do with uh, uh, you know, religious um, uh, history and um, or, or um, acknowledgement. And I thought that that was just a, a tricky thing to do because... If you call it movies at the vicarage, that somehow it invokes this idea of showing uh, old sixteen millimeter films 
That's right. whirring away, yeah, you know, yeah. while some old ladies with, you know, <laughs> cups of tea. <laughs> you, you yes, know, I know what that's, you mean. It's, it's kind of a bit fusty, yes. as we say. Yes. Uh, so the best name that I could come up with, John, I think, in my list, I think I had Movie Retreat and Movie Haven, Film Haven, The Movie Cottage, you know, all kind of generic stuff. Yes. But then yeah. I thought, well, what about that classic code word, uh, rosebud mm. um, as a way to to, to rebrand, and it was interesting that uh, you immediately. I love the name. You loved it, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but then I I had discussions with other people, and 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 it was like, well, us cinephiles, us movie enthusiasts, we mm. of course know what rosebud is, and for mm. those that don't know that are listening, um, it is the name of the uh, the childhood sled uh, in the the movie Citizen Kane. Um, in which uh, William Randolph Hearst, played by Orson Welles, you yes. know, his, uh, um, a very important um, uh, piece of that movie is his his snow sled, which he called Rosebud. So I thought, right. yeah, well, that's nice. And Rosebud, you know, you've got a beautiful garden here. And, and it's a kind of cottagey Cottagey, you know, it seemed like a perfect fit. But there are people out there that don't know Rosebud from Adam. <laughs> As a as a film reference, yes. So anyway, yeah. um, this was controversial in your household. So tell us about how the naming or the renaming or the not renaming is going of this villa. Well, at this stage, it's kind of rem- its its default name holds the vicarage. <laughs> Thought it might just because no one no one has has made a final call on the whole thing. Now for me, Rosebud is just perfect because it it um, even if people don't get the movie um illusion mm. it's it's still uh, sort of conjures up cottage environment and so on and uh, yeah. and 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 it's, it's got comforting isn't it's it? comforting yes. got very positive connotations it does. but but interesting a lot of people that i've spoken to have have read sexual connotations into oh, it oh right okay and and i don't me, see what's wrong with that particularly i either. don't see what's wrong with it number one and secondly i don't get it you know it just doesn't <laughs> Not it doesn't really. It doesn't no. conjure up any anything for me. To, I mean, it, it it's, it's not. No, it uh, just doesn't. It, it's not a very direct kind of. Uh, no, comparison. it isn't. It isn't. So, no. so I don't really get that. Yeah. And and I do. It's. I think that this place is unique in that it in that it is a movie retreat. Yeah. And um, and so I think that the name should reflect that. But um, yeah. as I say, my family is definitely not convinced. <laughs> well, we we thought I had this idea of. One, you know, one way of convincing your family is to uh, is to let listeners of this podcast uh, respond to yes. uh, to the conversation. Um, so I thought um, we would have a competition um, running on this episode where we'd give away, as you've agreed, a complimentary weekend here at the villa. Yes, <laughs> yes, whatever it's named. whatever it's called, and so I. And the requirement for entering the competition is to either name the code word, which is Rosebud, uh, or to suggest what you think would make a better name. Yes. And so I thought that would be a good way. If you want to enter the draw, then we want to hear from you. Mm. And um, perhaps we can, can, you know. And and whether, and either a better name or whether they endorse Rosebud. And so they could lend some support to to our cause. But I know your family's going to say that our listenership is biased. (laughs) 
know. <laughs> well, at least yeah. we've got, got yeah. some uh, added yeah, authority. Yeah, yeah. But I would like to see more movie lovers staying here because yes. I've checked through your, your guest book and that's not to uh, disparage those that have written beautiful comments, mm. but need more comments about the movies. movies. You and know? What, I'm, what I'm thinking of doing is having a special book where people comment particularly about movies. I think oh, that would a be a, a, yeah, a yeah. good good yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all part of the experience. That's right. Yeah, yeah. so no, that that I plan to implement. Yep, that sounds good. Well, it's been a really good chat. Mm, thank um, you. I really, really enjoyed it. Likewise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoyed my stay, um, and uh, I, I wish you well with this enterprise, and I look forward to helping you. Keep developing the collection. Thank you. The living, breathing collection. Thank you. Because I hear you've got another thousand DVDs at your own home. Yes, So I you've do. got to think about where you're going to put those. I know. I know. That's right. Next problem, but a wonderful one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, nice one. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, John. Thank you, Andrew. All yeah, right. Yeah. Pleasure. Cheers. Bye-bye. you enjoyed that and uh, for those of you who are interested in entering the competition to win that weekend getaway in Martinborough you can enter either through Facebook by making a comment uh, on this podcast episode post uh, you can do the same on Twitter or you can email us uh, with the code word in the subject line our email address is letterbox at rovideo.co.nz and we look forward to hearing from you. Entries close 31st of December 2018. Anyway, thanks again for listening and don't forget you can support what we do directly by adopting a movie for yourself or someone you know or you can become a valued friend of our video through our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash where we have a number of options for monthly support available. Also, if you think that you or someone you know would make an interesting guest for this podcast, then please get in touch. And we invite you to register feedback about what you've heard through those channels I've just mentioned. And you can subscribe to the podcast for automatic updates through your preferred podcast app. Until next time, bye-bye.